What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. Not much business to take care of on the Spring League front right now. We will be announcing updates for the Spring League Showcase in the next week, so stay tuned on that front. This week's episode features an interview with defensive end Carter Schultz. Carter tore up the Spring League, and though no such awards were given out, could certainly have been named the defensive MVP of the league in Austin. The University of Northern Iowa alum has since signed with the Carolina Panthers. Let's get to our interview with Carter. Carter Schultz is a defensive end from the University of Northern Iowa. He spent time with the Cleveland Browns before joining the Spring League in Austin this past April. After the Spring League, he was invited and participated in minicamp with both the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers, and ultimately signed with the Panthers. We now welcome on a spring forward, Carter Schultz. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on here. It's uh, great to be on here. So, uh, congratulations are in order, but you know, before we get to your NFL and Spring League experience, let's, let's start at the beginning. Uh, you're from a very small town in Iowa called Tripolo. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, it's pronounced Tripola. Tripola. It's pronounced not the way that it actually looks. Tripola. So. <laughs> um, so Tripola has a population of just over 1,300 people. Um, and because of the size of the town you grew up in, uh, you, you played eight-man football um, for in high school. But can you just tell us about your early memories with football and your relationship to the game, um, you know, in and of yourself, but also as it pertains to this tiny town in Iowa? It started, obviously, when I was a kid. I grew up really close to the only park that was in our town. Uh, the town kids would meet up there, and, you know, they'd play all different sports depending on the season, but um, I had an older brother who was about three years older than me, and that's when I started getting into football. He'd take me down to the park with the older kids. I'd kind of get beat up on uh, when I was down there. Basically, uh, that started my love of of football, and then I I eventually got into um, organized football when I was, like, in fifth grade. I think uh, that was the first time I played tackle football with pads and stuff on. I didn't really know what, what I was doing. But all I remember from that is not a lot of rules, just basically tackle the guy with the ball. <laughs> and that's, um, that's, that's where I got my love for, you know, being a defensive player. And, and the entire time you're playing organized football um, in a town of this size, is it eight-man? Are there any 11-on-11 options? Actually, um, I played 11-man football all the way up until my junior year. So, like, uh, peewee football and all that, I was I was playing 11-man. The only time I played 8-man were my junior and senior seasons in high school. Well, and so, correct me if I'm wrong, but those junior and senior years, um, you made first-team All-State both times. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did. So, so, so what were the, the eight-man high school days like for you? I know you moved around the field a lot. You played both sides of the ball, even kicker at one point for your high school team. Yeah, uh, it was actually a great time. It, it reminded, you know, I, I when I talk to guys about it, I kind of call it arcade football. It's almost like um, it's higher, higher paced, high scoring. I mean, there is defense, but it's just, it's super fun. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it until that first year. Um, and then as a defensive player, it, it was great because they made this, they made the fields a little bit smaller. They took a couple linemen out. So less people for, 
to try and block me. I, I really enjoyed uh, playing eight-man football. So, you know, you get first-team All-State twice. There's got to be people knocking on your door. But take us through high school recruiting because you ultimately chose the University of Northern Iowa, uh, which is just 30 minutes down the road in Cedar Falls. You and I was a very special place for me because I did grow up um, really close to them. But in high school, I wasn't really getting a lot of attention. I got attention from D3 schools and community colleges, you know, JUCOs, D2 schools here and there. And then my junior year, my team made it to state and we played in the Dome. So that's when you and I first saw me because when I played in there, you know, I was probably six. 6'2", 235, 40 pounds already my junior year. And, and eight-man, that's it's it's really rare. So um, I was I was really just, like, mowing down kids. I remember I was playing fullback and running back, and I was just running kids over. And, and after um, the season, that's when I had my first contact with you and I. And then that – Summer leading into my senior year, you know, I was going to camps, uh, Iowa State camp, Iowa camp, UNI camp. Um, I didn't really travel outside the state for it because I knew I wanted to stay fairly close to home. Um, I was getting recruited to Iowa State a little bit, but they didn't really give me the time of day. And then um, it was between a couple schools, depending on what I wanted to do, and you and I, uh, they – we're really late in the process. I remember, I think it was already into the new year when they were, you know, inviting me on that official visit. And then eventually on that official visit, they offered me. And I don't think Coach uh, Farley, he offered me and I could barely get it out of his mouth before I accepted the offer. So that was a dream opportunity for me. So I just looked at it. As an, as an Iowan and not as a football player, where do your allegiances lie at this time? I mean, now I, I assume you're, uh, you know, you and I through and through, but, you know, are you, are you growing up in Iowa or an Iowa State fan, or, or is you and I so close that, that it's always been them? Honestly, yeah. Um, I was always a U and I fan just because when I was a kid, I'd go to their games. I, I wouldn't really make it to Iowa State or Iowa games because I lived three hours or more. So I'd always go to you and I games. I love the Panthers. I like the colors and just a little bit of family bias, I suppose. Um, my, my dad wasn't a fan of the Hawkeyes or the Cyclones either. So I didn't really care for, for either of those teams. So you and I might be best known nationally for a couple of NCAA tournament runs in basketball over recent years. Um, but they do compete in football at the FCS level. Uh, and you were part of the football team while David Johnson was there, who's now a star with the Arizona Cardinals. How was your team over the five years you were part of it? You redshirted your freshman year. So, uh, you know, if it, it's, not, it's not a quick thing to do, but sum up your college experience in your college football career. Yeah. Um, well, when I got there, obviously one of the reasons I committed is because of the high uh, caliber football that, uh, that they play at Northern Iowa. Um, when I got there, they had just won – uh, two or three conference championships in a row. So expectations were high. I knew um, it was going to be a place where I was really going to be challenged. Uh, and uh, my redshirt year, uh, we were a really young team, didn't do so well, but I redshirted, so it wasn't – I mean, I was just basically trying to learn how to play football at the college level. Redshirt freshman year, um, 
I got a little bit of playing time. I played on special teams. I was learning a lot still. Um, team did fairly well. I think we made it into the first, uh, second round of the playoffs. And then my sophomore year is when I really started um, playing. I played every game and then started about three quarters of them. Um, started to break out a little bit. I could, I, I was definitely starting to put things together, getting sacks here and there, tackles for loss, like playing with the older guys. Also, I think we went to the second round of the playoffs. And then my junior year was my real breakout year. I led the conference and I was uh, top in the NCAA with um, my Tigers for losses and my sacks. Uh, that year, our team was really good. I think that was, um, we made it to the quarterfinals and lost a really close game. And then my senior year, I obviously had a really good year, but team-wise, um, we barely missed the playoffs. It was it was kind of heartbreaking, but um, my my college experience at UNI was, was the greatest college experience I could imagine. I mean, I would never take it back. It was a dream come true to go to that university. Um, that means so much to me now. So that's basically as quickly as I could sum up my college experience. Now, your college experience also overlapped with a certain other Missouri Valley Conference, uh, maybe Super Bowl winning quarterback in uh, Carson Wentz, and uh, you put him on his back a couple times. Uh, what, is it, what, yeah. is it, what does it mean to you to see the success he's having, but also know uh, what it was like to go up against him in college? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's awesome because at the time, you know, we knew he was really good, and we knew that our conference produces talent like that. I mean, as you can see with David Johnson and Carson Wentz, just for a couple. But um, it, it, it was it was known he was really good when we were playing him. Just didn't know how good. And now the success he's having really uh, reiterates what we were going up against every time we played them. And it's a real honor for me personally. I know I I don't know exactly how many times, but I would say about four or five times that I got the sack him. It's pretty pretty cool when I look back on it, knowing that I got to play against that type of talent and also got to get a, some sacks on him. Well, hopefully it's not the last time you, you play against him. And, uh, you know, you're with an NFL team now, so, so come September, uh, you know, we hope that's the case. Um, but uh, in your senior year, uh, you won the Buck Buchanan Award, which is equivalent of the defensive MVP for the FCS division. Um, that year you led the country with 17 sacks. And for those not familiar with the FCS landscape, what were your odds going into the season to win that award? And uh, who was your competition once you got to the end of the season with the kind of numbers you put up? At UNI, I think uh, I was the first Buck Buchanan Award winner um, for for that award. Um, so I know I was I was up against real odds, but I, I really had my eyes set on that. After my junior year, when I had 14 sacks, I knew I wanted to progress even farther. Um, and then by the end of the season, I knew I was competing with one other guy in my conference uh, who was a linebacker who had who's just a, who was a tackle machine. And then there was another defensive lineman, uh, I believe from Sam Houston state who just got drafted this year at the time. I didn't want to assume anything, but you know, after it was all said and done, the, the season was over. Just looking at my stats, I knew that I had a really good shot, if not a lot, but I just didn't want to take anything for granted. Um, but 
then, yeah, uh, obviously, when it came time in January, they announced that I'd won it. And we, we know you've got, you know, a nose for the quarterback. You had 17 sacks that season. You finished your college career with 31 sacks over four years. And just to give people an idea of what that number is like, I looked up uh, first-round draft picks, first-round defensive end draft picks over the last two, three seasons uh, who played all four years in college. So there's actually not that many of them, but Bradley Chubb at NC State, 25 sacks, was, was uh, drafted in the first round this year. Uh, DeForest Buckner at Oregon only at 18. Um, so obviously every, every player plays under different circumstances, but what is it within you that gets to the quarterback so frequently? I think um, my MO, just my entire college career was just, relentless effort i mean um the early part of my career i was not very technical but my effort was like i met i was i was 100 percent on every play no matter what even if i i was out there every single play you know and i just wouldn't i just wouldn't be denied you know uh power speed whatever it was whenever i saw the quarterback holding the ball i was determined <laughs> that i was going to get there and then by the time i got older my my senior year you know my junior year um, I got still had that relentless pursuit and passion and effort, but I added technique to it, and that's really what helped me, you know, blow those numbers up. We we talked about your senior year, um, obviously with the Buchanan Award, uh, huge huge honor. Um, you also were invited to the East West Shrine Game in Tampa Bay, um, and you were a finalist for the William Campbell Trophy, which is nicknamed the Academic Heisman. What of those experiences, I guess, gave you sort of the confidence that, that you could get to the next level of football? I think the East West Shrine game was, in terms of football-wise, gave me the most confidence that I could play at the next level just because I was going against other college athletes who were going to be, who were going to be drafted and who, you know, were in the same position as me. Uh, the William Campbell Trophy thing was great and all. Um, a really huge accomplishment, but it really didn't have a ton to do with football per se. But when I was down in Tampa Bay, you know, going against some of the best college guys and I was having success. I knew that, you know, once I got to the NFL that I could continue having success because um, I could do it against that kind of talent level. For the most part, my entire college career, people had, uh, you know, scouts coming out had been doubting, you know, my, ta- uh, my competition level. So when I went to Tampa Bay, it really helped my confidence and, it helped kind of silence that notion that, you know, I couldn't play against a higher competition level. Now, you, you did go undrafted in 2017, but you brought that confidence um, to your first taste of the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. Um, and you were with them from minicamp all the way to the end of the preseason when you were let go. Um, but what was the first taste of the NFL like? Did it did, did not making it ultimately leave you deflated or wanting more? And I, now we have more information to look back and, you know, say that, it was worth it given your current circumstances, but you know, at the time, what it what did that Cleveland experience feel like? You know, it was such a whirlwind because you're a rookie and you don't really know what's going on. I mean, you know how to play football, but you just don't know. It's so much different than college. You know, you're trying to find, figure out a new place. You know, in Cleveland, trying to figure out new playbook, new teammates. You know, a little bit. Um, faster game, I would say. And it was just such a whirlwind trying to, you know, learn and all the things combined. It was a great experience, obviously. 
it was I had I had a great time, met a lot of great people. Um, but I would just say, you know, I think it's that way for a lot of rookies, if not all rookies. It's just, you know, it's flying by your face before you know it. Uh, you know, the season's over. So, so that brings us to the spring league. How did you find out about the league and then ultimately get accepted to play in it? I had heard about it um, the first year that it was, you know, that it ran. Um, I had a couple of buddies who went to it, and then my agent had said something about it because, you know, in January I still wasn't getting any workouts or anything, and obviously I knew it probably wasn't going to change unless I did something. And so the spring league was a, was a great opportunity. Um, my agent knew the CEO. We, we got in to it and then I just knew my, you know, my mission and my goal was to go there and dominate and, you know, turn some heads, get some opportunities like these mini camps. And, uh, clearly it, it really worked out in my favor. Yeah, and, and I read an interview with you in, in the Iowa Gazette where you expressed sort of your frustration and surprise that uh, you weren't in the NFL, um, especially given your performance in Cleveland, which did go well. Um, but you came into the Spring League and absolutely dominated. In Game 2, you were uh, the player of the game. I think you had a, a strip sack. You had another another sack, a, lot, a bunch of tackles for loss. Was that burning desire for the NFL or feeling like you should be there your motivating factor? Or were you looking to get something more specific out of the league um, to get onto tape? I think it was just a collection of it all. I mean, it was such a relief because that entire time after I was let go by the Browns, you know, it, it was just like anybody who was being released and, you know, who wants to do something but you're not allowed to or what, what it may be. Like, I knew that I could play football, but I just wasn't getting the opportunity. And it was such a sense of relief after I, both the games, like – I, like I told you so, you know, it was like an I told you so moment. Um, and it was a burning desire that um, left me wanting more from the NFL because I had a really good preseason with Cleveland, but I never got any opportunity after that. And it was re- that was a really hard pill to swallow. Um, I was bitter for a while. And then um, I kind of just made my mind up that, you know, the spring league was the best opportunity. And when I go there, I'm not going to leave any stone unturned and, I'm going to show, you know, these scouts, these teams that I that I belong and I deserve it, an opportunity. And so, after it was all said and done, yeah, it was just a, a huge sense of relief, uh, pride, like, hey, I, I know I can play at this level at a high level. It was actually probably one of the best experiences I've had. You had a, a common teammate in Cleveland uh, and in the Spring League in Jamal Marcus, uh, who actually recently just attended minicamp with the Jets after his own Spring League experience. Um, was there anyone else that you recognized coming into the Spring League or, uh, you know, people that had been around uh, football circles with you? Yeah, that's that's another great thing. I knew I knew quite a few guys, and I, and I met some guys and became good friends with them. Um, I knew another guy, Breon Career. He signed... I think he signed uh, with the team in Canada. Um, I knew him from college. Uh, my roommate was uh, from Iowa as well. I had seen, I didn't really know him, but I had seen multiple guys who were there in other uh, camps. And like you said, Jamal, uh, me and Jamal, uh, you know, became friends in Cleveland. And then so seeing him again was, was a pretty cool treat. 
So you tore up the spring league, and uh, you, you didn't get one, but you got two NFL minicamp invites. As we noted in the intro, you were with Minnesota and then with Carolina. We have talked to guys before that have been in minicamps, but how does it? How do you? How do you do two minicamps? Um, and how do you get invited to both of them? Yeah, so the NFL usually they'll, they'll have rookie minicamps in two different weekends. So the first weekend, um, some teams will run it. And then, you know, they'll send their rookies and stuff home for a week. And then they'll come back the week after for OTAs and stuff with the veterans. And then other teams will just go that second weekend and they'll just start OTAs right away. So it really just depends on the uh, team by team thing. And, uh, you know, I had, I got invited by multiple teams and we just kind of chose the best fit for me defensively and, uh, the ones that, you know, maximize my opportunity going back to back um, from Minnesota to Carolina. So, so between Minnesota and Carolina, did you feel like you performed differently in those camps? And you know, Carolina led to a contract, and Minnesota didn't. Or Carolina was purely a football decision where um, you think it gives you the best odds for that Week One roster spot? Yeah, I think it was just a little bit different scenarios. We knew going into Minnesota, they didn't have a lot of roster space. I think their roster was actually full. I was just hoping to maybe steal a spot. I performed, I actually performed really, really well in Minnesota, like almost perfectly in my opinion, but I knew that their defensive line was, was really, really solid. And, you know, they drafted a couple, uh, defensive linemen as well. So even though I performed really well, you know, I, I had, um, conversations with their management and front office and it basically said like, you know, you did amazing and whatnot, but we just don't have room. Uh, keep your keep your phone on. Like if we need someone, you'll be the first one to call. So, and then heading into Carolina, I knew that they had more uh, room. They they weren't full on their roster, and they had spots open. And when I had talked to them, they seemed a little bit more optimistic about uh, potentially signing me. And so my performance was about the same. I did really well, and you know that's what led to. Uh, the contract opportunity that I got from them. Is there is there anything specific that you're taking from your experience last summer with the Browns um, and bringing into Carolina this year with the Panthers to uh, you know increase your odds uh, of getting past the preseason, or is is there just so much uncontrolled stuff in football that all you can do is is perform? I mean, just last year to this year, there's there's a lot of things I can take from what you know what happened in cleveland first of all you know the nfl it is a business and i did learn that last year and uh you know i know that but um it is a performance-based business going into cleveland i thought maybe my college resume would matter but it really didn't matter it was all about basically you know what have you done for me lately what are you doing for me now you know it's a performance-based business i got that but Going into this year, just having a year of experience under my belt has really helped me, not only physically, but I've been training for a year um, to do this, but mentally, the mental aspect of it, I'm so much more, um, I would say, experienced and mature about the whole process, and those, uh, those, are, those are big things going into, you know... Uh, OTAs and training camp because I know how I felt as a rookie 
And now I'm, I won't feel that way this year because I kind of know what to expect. Now, Carolina must have been out in force uh, in Austin at the Spring League because uh, in addition to you, there were four other uh, Spring League participants that also got invited to Panthers camp. That was Kintarius Aitman, who also got signed, um, running backs Joey Iasefa and Khalif Phillips, and then D-back James Kane. Uh, when, when you got to Carolina, did, did you recognize those guys as, as having been in Austin, or did you all know sort of coming out of Austin that the, that the Panthers had spoken to you on site? Um, I think I just, I knew through social media a couple people, but then when I got there, I, I obviously recognized their faces. And, uh, you know, we chatted it up, and then, yeah, Quintarius is still here in Carolina. So that's, that's pretty cool. Now as a signed, you know, NFL player, um, what does your summer look like? Well, right now we're going through OTAs for another two or three weeks. Um, after that, we get about a month off from mid-June to mid-July. And then after, like, mid to end July, we report for training camp. Uh, Panthers training camp is in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina at Wofford University. So that's basically what my summer looks like. That month off is going to be a big opportunity, a big time for everyone to go home and, you know, continue to train. But get to see, you know, their families or if, if, they, if they live away from their families and whatnot before the long season starts. Well, I, I think that's a great place to end it. We know you've been on a, a football whirlwind, you know, since the end of March, at least in, in this go-round, but, you know, li- literally since high school. Um, so uh, I'm very happy for you that it's paying off. And, um, you know, the Spring League and, and all of us here are, are rooting hard for you, uh, you know, come August and September time. Well, thank you, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on here and uh, share my story. All right, that will bring us to the end of episode 16. If Carter performs this summer as well as he did in Austin, we're sure to see him on the Panthers' week one roster. Fingers crossed. More to come as the Spring League ramps up planning for the showcase. You can follow the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Spring League. You can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. All music was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. Till next time, later. Later.